Welcome to the Sunday Morning Message with Pastor Nick Stringer, brought to you from Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. Creekside Church, where the Spirit flows. Would please to the book of Esther, chapter 7. We're going to be looking specifically at verses 1 through 6 here in the book of Esther. And today's message is titled, Thank You, Lord. This book, when it was written, came at a very important time in that it gave the Jews hope and encouragement. And it reminded them that God was orchestrating things behind the scenes and that he hadn't forgotten them and that he was going to protect them and that he was going to keep his promise so let's set the scene now of this book uh, the book of Esther covers about a 10-year period of time beginning about 480 BC now if you'll recall back to our teaching in the book of Haggai uh, the prophet was sent by God to deliver a message to the people to rebuild the temple of God and so the people that were held captive by the Babylonians, were now under the rule of the Persians. The Persians had defeated the Babylonians, and now they controlled the empire. And so where our story begins is that the Persian king Xerxes, or Ahasuerus, as your Bible may say, is looking for a queen. And so the brain trust of the king decides that they're going to go out into this empire and they're going to gather the most beautiful virgins that are available at the time. And they're going to bring them before the king so that he can decide which of them he will choose to be his new queen. Now Esther is a Jewish orphan. She was raised by her cousin Mordecai. Now the Bible says that she gained favor in the sight of the king. And that of all the women, he loved Esther more than them all. So he chose Esther, the Jewish orphan, to be his queen. Well, about five years into the reign of Queen Esther. Now, a very important point before I continue is that Mordecai requested that Esther not reveal that she was a Jew. And so she doesn't until later. About five years into Queen Esther's reign, there is an order given by the king to annihilate and destroy all the Jewish people in the Persian Empire. This plot was devised by the man named Haman. Haman, you could say, was the governor. He was the number two in control, only under the king at this time. And he had a very much of a distaste and disgust with the Jewish people. And that was because of his relationship with Mordecai. You see, when Haman would enter an area, everybody in his presence would bow down to Haman, except Mordecai. Mordecai would not bow down to anyone. He would only bow to God. And this upset Haman. And so he went to the king and he said, King, it would do you well to get rid of a certain people that is dispersed all throughout the empire. These people are the Jews. Because they do not observe the laws of the king. In fact, they observe only their own laws and their own God. And so Haman was able to convince the king to do away with all of the Jews in the empire. And so he set a royal edict, an order, a law written and sent it out throughout the entire Persian empire. And it said that on the 13th day of the 12th month, all the Jews will be annihilated. 
And that's where we pick up our story here today. Esther, the Jewish orphan, is now the queen. And she gets word of this. And as you can imagine, how troubled her heart becomes when she hears that her people, and for all intents and purposes, she also, being a Jew, are going to be annihilated. And so, what we have today is this. Queen Esther's advocacy for the Jewish people illustrates how Jesus advocates for believers. And Queen Esther also reminds us that Jesus made great sacrifices for us to give us a great victory. So that's where we're at. We see Queen Esther, she's in a very precarious position, having to use her position on the throne as queen of the Persian Empire to save her people. And what we see is that she's going to show great bravery, great courage, and great trust in God. And so she is going to uh, display and illustrate all of these characteristics and qualities that Jesus Christ displays for us. Now, the first thing we see with Esther is this. Esther interceded on behalf of her people. She took the place of her people. She pleaded their cause and pleaded their case. Now, there may come a time in everyone's life where we need someone to be our spokesperson, where we need someone to intercede on our behalf. We need the help of someone who is in a position of authority or someone that has a relationship with somebody in a position of authority. And Esther finds herself in this position as the queen of the Persian Empire. She, being a Jew, is now in a position where she can speak on behalf of the Jewish people. She is going to be their advocate. She is going to plead their case. Now that word advocate, that's an interesting word. That word comes from a Greek word. It's a legal term. That means to plead a case of another before a judge. It means to present the evidence that stands up in the court. And so this is exactly what Queen Esther is going to do for her people. She is going to present the case before the king. And she is going to stand up before him and present the evidence to him that Haman, your number two in command, king, has convinced you to destroy me and my people. Your very own wife is going to be destroyed by this order because I am a Jew. And now she reveals to the king that she is a Jew. And you can see how God has orchestrated this behind the scenes and put her in this position. So she is a spokesperson now for the Jews. And she finds herself in this position of authority and able to be a voice. Give a voice to the voiceless and give power to the powerless. If you remember that movie, A Few Good Men, there's Tom Cruise. He's representing these uh, two young men who were given an order 
by their commanding officer to issue a code red. And so they carried out the order, and they knew that if they didn't carry out the order, that um, they were probably going to be dishonorably discharged. And so he is thundering away in the courtroom, and he comes up to Jack Nicholson's character, and he says, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson says, but you can't handle the truth. And then Jack Nicholson ends up telling on himself and giving the truth. <laughs> he gives him the truth. But it was only at the pleading of Tom Cruise's character, he thundered away, and he pleaded the case and the cause of those two young soldiers. And he was able to successfully defend them. And so we see that with Esther. She goes before the king and she is able to successfully plead their case and their cause of the Jewish people. And we see that with Jesus Christ as well. Jesus Christ is our defense attorney. Jesus Christ is our advocate and our mediator. And this brings up a very important point. You may be asking yourself, why do I need a defense attorney? Why do I need Jesus to plead my case and plead my cause? And you may be sitting there this morning and thinking, well, I don't need anybody to defend me. I don't need anybody to stand up before me. Or maybe you're thinking the opposite. Maybe you're thinking, boy, I could sure use someone to defend me, to plead my cause, and to plead my case. 1 John 2.1 says this, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Why would you and I need Jesus to be our defense attorney well quite frankly because we have an accuser and his name is satan you see satan wants to get into the ear of god and he wants to remind god of all of the bad things that you have done and he wants to say to god hey i want you to look look over at nick over there do you see these things that he's done you know he's not perfect you know he's done so many things wrong and he is, it wants to be in the ear. But more importantly, he wants to remind you of all of the things that you've done wrong. All of your shortcomings. All of your failings. You know, guilt and shame are very powerful tools that Satan uses in his arsenal. And guilt and shame can tear you down. And this is what the accuser does. And what Jesus does is he does the same thing that Esther did for the Jewish people. He stands in on our behalf. He becomes our advocate and our mediator. He stands up and he reminds God of who we are. And he says, listen here, Father. These people belong to you because they belong to me. These people have put their faith in your son, and now they belong to you. These people are your children, Father. And yes, Father, you know all of their shortcomings, and you know all of their failures. But Father, you still love them, and you still trust in them, Father, because they trust in you. You are going to hold them secure in your hand. You are never going to let them fall away. 
And this is what Jesus does for us. He is our advocate and our mediator. To be a mediator means he stands between us and God. You know, we need someone to stand between us and God, right? We need that because on our own, we cannot present ourselves before God. You and I do not have the qualities that it takes to stand before Almighty God. We are sinful. We are unrighteous. There is no good in any human being. In fact, the book of Isaiah says that our righteous deeds are like filthy garments in the eyes of God. All we have is Jesus Christ. And so Jesus gladly takes our place in front of Almighty God. And he says, I will be your mediator. I will hide you in me. We are all hidden in Christ and we stand before Almighty God in the presence of Jesus Christ because Jesus is our mediator. 1 Timothy 2.5 says this, For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. That means that no man can be your mediator. My friends, I want to tell you this, it does no good for you to go to another human being and confess your sins. That does you no good at all. You must go to God. And the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, no one, no one, I said no one comes to the Father except through me. You've got something on your heart. You've got something on your mind you need to say to God. Well, you better take it to God and you better go to the Son, Jesus Christ. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. We want our prayers to be lifted up to the Lord. So we need that name that is powerful above all names. The name above all names. The one that is mighty and true. The name of Jesus is the conduit that gets us our prayers to the Father. And so we pray in Jesus' name. And so Jesus acts as our mediator. And this is exactly what Esther did for the Jewish people. She acted as their advocate intercessor and mediator and so esther reminds us that jesus does those things for us as well now what also made esther a christ-like advocate for her people were the great sacrifices that she made for them esther made great sacrifices for her people you know uh, at this time in this culture the king had a tradition and if you were unsummoned by the king, in other words, if you were to go into his inner circle and request to be in his presence, that could be an offense punishable by death. And so there was a tradition of the king, if you came into his presence without him asking of you, if he wanted to hear what you had to say, he would take his golden scepter and he would hold it out toward you. And if he did this, then you were okay to speak. And if he did not, well, quite the opposite. It could be the last thing that you ever do. And so Esther, she took a great chance. When she heard that the Jewish people were going to be annihilated, she said, I will go before the king and I will plead the case of my people. This is Esther chapter 4, verse 16. 
She says this to her people, Go, assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maidens will also fast in the same way, and thus I will go to the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Wow, look at that decision right there. She, she internalized the choice that she was getting ready to make. And she determined that I am going to go before the king, though it is not in accordance with the law. And if he does not want to receive me, then if I die, I die. She was willing to make a great sacrifice for her people. Uh, I had someone tell me about a documentary that they have been watching um, about ski resorts. And they were telling me about the great avalanche that happened at the Alpine Meadows in Lake Tahoe back in the early 80s. And the avalanche came down the mountain and it, it killed several people. And they were talking about the ski patrol that they have at these ski resorts. And the ski patrol is in charge of managing avalanches. And one of the ways that they do this is they'll ski along the ridges and they'll try to create avalanches. They'll even use explosives. How would you like to have that job, right? Be skiing along and use explosives. And they'll even fire mortars from a distance at the hillsides and the slopes trying to bring an avalanche down. They'll use howitzers to do this. So they'll fire this heavy artillery at the sides of these uh, great slopes on the mountains trying to trigger an avalanche. And so the ski patrol puts themselves in harm's way on a regular basis in an effort to try to protect the people that are skiing at these resorts to prevent an avalanche. It's a very dangerous job and one that you wouldn't even think of unless you watched a documentary about it, right? And so just like them, Queen Esther put herself in harm's way. And she's such a great reminder of what Jesus Christ has done for us, how he has given himself for us. Jesus Christ bore our sins in his body. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin, live to righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed. Not only did he take our punishment that rightly belonged to us on the cross. But Jesus laid down his life for us. 1 John 3.16, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Jesus Christ gave it all. He made the greatest sacrifice. Think about what it is that Jesus did for you and I came down, left his abode out of heaven, and came down and dwelt among men, sinful humanity, men who were given over to deprivation, men who were given over to the lust of the flesh, men who were given over to thief, to greed, to murder. And he left heaven and came down and dwelt in the midst of all of this muck and all of this mire, because of the great love that he had, not only was he willing to dwell among it, but he was also willing to take the punishment of it. And he was willing to give his very own life for it. 
Now, I don't know how much time you've actually taken to process this, to internalize this, to reflect upon this. And I don't know how this has impacted your life. But when I think about what Jesus Christ, who he is and what he did and the great sacrifice he made so that I could have an opportunity at salvation to have my sins forgiven and that I would have an opportunity to go into the presence of Almighty God for eternity and to dwell with Him in a place that He has created called heaven. That blows my mind. Because as people, we are taught from a very young age that you get what you work for. You have to work to earn it. And you have to work to please God. And we work to gain the favor of others. And we work to gain the favor of God. And God says, no. This is not the heavenly way. The heavenly way is this. I know who you are. And yet I have decided to save you anyway. I am giving you grace. I, in other words, I am giving you what you do not deserve so that you can be spared from what it is that you do deserve. Why? Because I love you. And now I'm going to give you the opportunity to show your love for me by acting in faith and coming to me through Jesus Christ. This is the way. This is the truth. This is the life. This is how you do it. This is the straight and the narrow. You can't earn it. You can't steal it. You have to come through faith and through trust. Jesus Christ sacrificed for us, and Esther demonstrated this in her sacrifice for the Jewish people. You know, she illustrates advocacy. She illustrated her sacrifice for us, but Esther also illustrated Christ when she secured victory for her people. It was on that day that was ordered, the 13th day of the 12th month, the royal order from the king went out through all the provinces of the Persian Empire. This is the day that the people will gather to annihilate the Jews. Can you imagine the people as Day by day, they were counting down the days, and they knew this day was coming. Remember, this order circulated throughout the entire empire. So in all the provinces, all the cities, the people that had hatred for the Jews were gathering together, and they were going to annihilate them, destroy them, because the Jews were the scapegoats. The Jews were the enemy. A lot of what you're seeing today and what you have seen for generations upon generations. And the day was approaching. And the day was coming. Can you imagine the plans that they may have been making? The defenses that they may have been strategizing? What are we going to do with our children? We have to find a place to hide them. What are we going to do? How are we going to fight these people off when they come for us? Can you imagine the amount of prayers that were offered up to Almighty God. Save us, dear Lord. Spare us during this time. 
And so the Bible says in the book of Esther here that on the very day that this plan was to be carried out, the tide was turned because Queen Esther had pleaded her case successfully to the king and said, King, it is this man Haman. He is an enemy, he is vicious, and he is wicked, and he seeks to take the life of my people and my life as well, your queen. And she was able to convince the king to reverse the order, not only to stop the annihilation of the Jews, but then he gave them the power to annihilate all of their enemies. 75,000 people fell that day at the hand of the Jews. And all of the enemies of the Jews in the Persian Empire were taken away. What a work of Almighty God. He took the enemies that were coming after the Jews and turned the tide on them. The power of prayer and the power of Almighty God. He has given us power and victory over Satan. But he has also given us power and victory over sin. The thing of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus Christ also gives us the victory over death. John eleven twenty five and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? I'm thinking about the Jews and how they must have felt in that time leading up to the date of that royal edict. The 13th day of the 12th month the time is coming and then I thought well how does that relate to 2023 and people living right here and how does it relate to our situation and it came to me so clear people carry on in their daily lives not having victory over sin not having victory over death dreading the day that they will have to deal with their own mortality. Do you, and you probably do, understand how much baggage that is? How much anxiety and weight that is to carry? To have the sin, to the wages of sin, which are death, to be hanging over top of us, to be weighing us down, to not have forgiveness and victory over them, but then to be walking in this life daily, not having that victory that Jesus Christ gives us over physical death. How you have to live your life walking on eggshells. How you have to live your life being so very careful because you're so worried you might die. When Jesus has given you victory over that, what he is saying is, hey, don't worry about it because even when you die, you will live. The moment your body hits that ground, your spirit will come out of that body and be with the Lord in heaven. You have victory over death. You know, Esther, she illustrates this very beautifully. She gave uh, her people uh, an advocate. 
She gave her people a great sacrifice, and she gave her people victory over their enemies. Jesus Christ offers all of these things as well. Jesus Christ intercedes on our behalf, and he says, you know what? I don't want you to carry on in this life. The burdens that you're carrying are too heavy. I want you to take my yoke upon you because it is much lighter than the one you're trying to drag around right now. Jesus Christ offers what humanity needs, and that is forgiveness of our sins and victory over death. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message by Pastor Nick Stringer at Creekside Church in Brookville, Indiana. For more information, you can go to www.creekside-church.org and find us on the website. Once again, you've been listening to the Sunday message with Pastor Nick Stringer.